Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jake Okorowski here, Owen Reese as well, and a special guest as we continue. It's our third of three podcast episodes, and I promised Owen we're going to cut down on these, hopefully uh, come up in the next couple of weeks, just do, do we've, we've been podcasting pretty much like every other day. Uh, but of course, we are continuing our spring previews on the podcast, and to join us... Of course, it's fun having him back on. You've heard him on Bucky's Fifth Podcast before, along with our other uh, iterations of podcasts. We got John Veldheis from BadgerBlitz.com, part of the Rivals Network. John, how busted is your bracket so far? I don't know. I'm doing okay. Um, Murray State came through for me and uh, kicked the crap out of Marquette, so uh, that's uh, that's pretty pretty good. Although uh, I wish uh, Belmont could have hung on; they were doing pretty good there for a while. Uh, I, don't, I have no idea what was going on with their with their final possession. I mean, they they had like like they had the ball down. I think they were down one with uh, you know 25 seconds and a timeout or something. It's just it, they were so disorganized, and I, I was screaming at my TV for them to call a timeout uh, and. Uh, You'd actually draw something up, but uh, I guess they they wanted to just roll with it, and it it, uh, it did not work out for them. Did not. It did not. And it's. I know we were talking before um, we started recording, but yeah, Marquette, uh, John Morant, triple double, and a crazy crazy game. We thought, I thought Marquette would stick closer to Murray State and. Uh, not that I, yeah, I picked them in. I picked Marquette in the bracket because I thought they'd keep it close, but whatever. Um, anyways, uh, but no, that of course Wisconsin and Oregon play tomorrow, three thirty p.m. Central Standard Time or Central Daylight Time, whatever that is, Central Time on TBS. But we're here to talk some Wisconsin position previews. We're gonna talk today Wisconsin linebackers, inside linebackers specifically, and then quarterbacks. And let's start off. You know, we we'll talk about quarterbacks at the end just because. Uh, Owen and I have already talked about kind of, you know, we've had our Alex Hornybrook podcast uh, a couple weeks ago and we haven't really talked about the inside linebackers yet. And of course there's a lot of change uh, with the defense and out of the position last year where that was its strongest with TJ Edwards, Ryan Conley, both redshirt seniors departing the program and both now off to the NFL and trying to play on Sundays First off, I mean, those two were first and second on the team in tackles. And that's even with Conley missing the final game of last season uh, with, with his core injury. But what what are the effects of, do you feel, even with Chris Orr coming back and maybe a Jack Sanborn and some guys that maybe have had some experience or more, you know, or more seasoned uh, players possibly stepping up, what are the effects of losing guys like Edwards and Conley? I mean, it's a, uh... It's that's a big blow. I mean, those are two um, you know senior leaders, guys who had been you know in the program for you know five years, had been contributing for you know almost their whole careers, um, and they're going to be they're going to be tough to replace. I mean, the, the Badgers are lucky in that um, you know Chris Orr is not your um, you know proto, he's not your standard you know second teamer that's that's getting the promotion after the seniors graduate. I mean, like Chris Orr has been 
you know, on the field quite a bit for the Badgers. He, you know, got on the field right away uh, in his career and then, you got a little uh, kind of passed up on the depth chart after after he had his uh, his ACL injury, I believe it was. Um, but I mean, like he's he's a good player, and he's he would have been good enough to uh, you know you know potentially transfer and go start uh, somewhere else in the Big Ten or you know uh, somewhere to close closer to home back in Texas. But he he wanted to stick it out, and uh, you know he gave the Badgers a a way to. Um, kind of get some good uh, rotations in at, uh, at linebacker and, you know, spell Edwards and Connolly when one of the two of them was either, you know, out or, um, you know, needed a, needed a breather. So it, it's kind of like promoting, you know, a guy that uh, already has some starting experience. So I think in, in one of those spots, you know, uh, that'll help mitigate some of the loss, but uh, you know, Edwards and Connolly, I mean, both of them, uh, I think uh, have the, the talent to, you know, uh, not only get drafted, but, you know, catch on um, in the NFL somewhere. So it's uh, it's definitely a big blow, um, but, you know, it's it's just one that the Badgers are going to have to uh, see if, in addition to Chris Orr, they have somebody else uh, waiting in the wings who can kind of step up. And then, you know, they probably need to find another guy or two that they, they can feel comfortable playing in some of these games just so that they have that depth that they've had over the last couple of years, too. So you kind of mentioned it a bit with the uh, the continuity that that Chris Orr brings, and I know Mike Lucas wrote a nice article uh, talking about like the offseason lifting groups they've been in and stuff. What does Chris Orr bring uh, to those starting spots? We saw him uh, quite a bit more as a, a true freshman than we've really seen him since uh, a little bit in 2017 as well. What does Chris Orr bring uh, to the starting lineup outside of his experience and, like I said, that that a bit of continuity and leadership? I think the thing that jumped out. Uh with Chris was his uh, general athleticism when he you know, was working his way um, onto the field early on in his career. You know, basically I think it was um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was a true freshman when he was kind of working his way in and uh, getting some reps there, you know, especially you know, kind of caught some people off guard. Um, he was kind of an under, you know, under recruited guy coming out of, I, I think DeSoto, um, uh, in, uh, yeah. in Texas. So, um, the athleticism was something that really stood out. Uh, and he, he just seemed like a really kind of, a, a an aggressive, um, you know, uh, linebacker, somebody who really liked to, you know, kind of stick his, uh, stick his face in and, um, you know, really go after some big plays, uh, and, uh, you know, really give the team everything that he had out there. I mean, he's a, he's a vocal guy, he's an emotional guy. And I think that's uh, one of those things that you'll see him, um, you'll get a, a chance to do, and uh, to use that to you know make some make some big plays to the Badgers. I mean, like when he's been out there, I mean he's had his uh, his interceptions, his big you know, tackles for loss, uh, that kind of thing. I mean, things he just really hasn't had a lot of the you know the he, the reps to do consistently when when Edwards and Connolly were around. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a few more of those uh, when he's out there. We're with John Veldheis of BadgerBlitz.com here on Bucky's fifth podcast and going through the inside linebackers and. You have Orr, and then there's that second spot, obviously, next to him. You have uh, a Jack Sanborn who who stepped up and uh, played. Uh, there are injuries to Mike Mascalunas, Griffin Grady, and, and a true freshman steps up, uh, a former, four, you know, a, a big-time recruit for Wisconsin, making an impact and actually playing in that rotation next to Orr uh, for a chunk of the season. Uh, then you have, like I said, Mascalunas, you have Grady, uh, uh, what do you mean these three need to show this spring to earn reps or fall camp? Is it also just for masculinity and Grady really just to stay healthy? I think that's a big part of it. Um, Grady is a guy that 
you know, the, the talent has been there. Um, you know, the, the coaching staff and his teammates have seen it uh, when he's been able to be out there. But, you know, for one reason or another, whether it's an illness or an injury, um, he just hasn't been able to get, you know, kind of that consistent uh, practice or um, playing time to, to get to the point where he could develop into a player that they could you know, really trust to throw out there, I think. Um, I think he, if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe he was one of the co um scout team defensive players of the year i think it was last year yeah, 2017 um, yeah along with uh, i think it was scott nelson um and you know we saw yep. that nelson was ready to kind of make that jump after that and you know grady i think you know, could be in that same spot if he could stay healthy the uh the masculinus i think also health um you know he's a guy that has he's got a lot of um practice reps under his belt i mean like when i remember um Last spring, I think it was, you know, the the Badgers had Edwards and and Orr and uh, and uh, Connolly. Uh, their their reps were either uh, limited or they were just sitting out the spring, just because you know it's, it's spring camp and you know the Badgers kind of know what they can what they could do. They didn't have a whole lot to prove, um, and so Masculinus was getting a ton of those reps uh, with the first team. And so I think it's just being able to stay on the field and show that you know he's. Um, kind of learned and taken the the experience that he needed to get from those reps and you know, turn it into a consistent performance um, that they can you know, throw him out there into a game and, and get that same result. And then you know, with Sanborn, obviously big jump for him going from um, high school to you know, maybe a potential red shirt to uh, playing, you know, uh, in his, uh, his first season on campus. And so I think, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the, the thing that I, I would like to see in watching these practices is, you know, how does he take that um, in-game experience and, you know, and grow in his second year with the program? I mean, obviously he was physically ready and, you know, got himself to a point where he was, um, you know, mentally ready to help out uh, when the Badgers needed him to step in uh, during the middle of the season last year. And so that's some valuable game experience that he can fall back on. Um, I, I think at this point Sanborn is – probably my leader in the clubhouse to, to get that. But I think at the very least, uh, you know, um, that that's a solid group of three. I think that the Badgers can, you know, kind of pick somebody out of to, uh, you know, stick into that second starting spot. Do you think John, if someone can make an impact uh, that maybe fans aren't expecting or, or someone that fans haven't seen before, uh, you know, he's an early enrollee. Do you think Leo Chanel could be one of those guys? Um, I, I, I don't want to rule anything out. I mean, it's hard to, uh, the, the thing that, you know, he would have going for him is, is enrolling early gives you a chance to, um, you know, obviously get your feet wet and learn the playbook, uh, a couple of months earlier than you would have otherwise. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that's some pretty big, um, you know, uh, benefits that he has going for him. It's just going to be a matter of, I think for him, the, uh, uh, I think I, I wouldn't be concerned about the, the physical part of the game and whether he can hold up there. I, I, I would wonder about, um, you know, can he pick up the defensive playbook uh, quickly enough to um, get to a point where they could trust him to, to put him out there for games. And so the spring is going to be, you know, big for, for him and the other younger players to, you know, really kind of learn what they can in, you know, kind of that non-pressure spring environment and then get to the point where, you know, the, the stuff that the coaching staff is going to ask you to do becomes second nature by the time fall camp rolls around. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and Chanel obviously comes from Grantsburg. His brother John is a fullback, uh, and you know, for for Leo, the young, you know, the the younger brother there, uh, WFCA small school offensive and defensive player of the year, uh, and whatnot. And that should be interesting. And both are are jacked. If you take a look at their, uh, and I, th- I feel like we're okay to say that just because you take a look at that. Uh, some of the workout videos they've done. And I think Chanel, I think is physically ready or both of them have been ready. And that's why John played in eight games uh, along with picking up, uh, you know, special teams on his end as a walk on. Now you have Leo popping up there and uh, we'll see how he progresses and how uh, he mentally picks up the game in the spring. Uh, and we're here with John Veldheis, badgerblitz.com talking some. Now we're going to switch over to quarterbacks for that matter. And oh, boy. oh yeah, good times. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's one thing. Uh, gone is a quarterback that started 32 games. Uh, for those, I know people, some people hate quarterbacks. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, oh, man. I missed that. <laughs> um, also, it was a 26-6 and six record, which I know some people. I'm sorry. I'm messing your transition. What? Missing my transition? What? Yeah, I'm messing your whole transition up. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all good. No, this is this is perfect. This is how this is what podcasts are for here. Uh, and and we'll, you should have heard us uh, with addicted to quack talking some Oregon basketball for that matter. That was uh, some back and forth there. Uh, but also, uh, you take a look at just how this team, you know, now gone our 32 starts. You have, uh, was it? 14 combined games, 11 by Jack Cohn in his career, and then three with Danny Vandenboom. Uh, what, you know, first off, before, you know, this is a completely new quarterback room in that sense where the, the, the presumed leader, the, the experienced guy is now out on his way to Tallahassee to play at Florida State after he graduates in May from the Wisconsin Business School. We ask you, first off, are you surprised Alex Hornibrook left the program the way, you know, it, pretty much right right before winter conditioning right after it ended and now is headed to Tallahassee to play in the ACC. I mean, yeah, obviously this is the, the first time hearing this. So I'm, I'm uh, super surprised, but no, uh, to, to be serious, um, the, yes, uh, yes, it was surprising. Um, I, I, it was the, it was the timing of it that was surprising. Not the, you know, it, it was not hard to, you know, at the end of uh, the football season last year, you were not crazy for thinking that um, Alex Hornibrook was not going to be on the team next year. But um, I think if you were thinking that, you were thinking that uh, it would be because he had you had that string of injuries, whether it was head injuries, back injuries, whatever it was. Um, and uh, you you were probably thinking that he you know looked at it and was like, you know, um, for health reasons, I, I might have to hang it up, um, especially if you know you're having. Um, symptoms that are long long lasting and, and things like that so seeing him transfer um to another school to finish out you know especially after um you know it, it's not like the um it's not like uh he left because of a 
impending um, quarterback competition. At least I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he you know, heard footsteps behind him and it's like, well, you know, I, I got to you know, get out of here um, and uh, go find somewhere that I could start because I don't know that he's guaranteed to start at Florida State. So, you know, yes, it, it was definitely surprising. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the kind of uh, player personnel turnover that the, the Badgers have not uh, had to deal with over the last couple of years. So, yeah, I think it caught everybody off guard, especially because of the reason, not, not that uh, the Badgers wouldn't have him on the team next year. Okay, so moving forward, they've got four quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, obviously, Jack Cohn played quite a bit last year. Danny Vandenboom played sparingly in the beginning of the season, and then Chase Wolf redshirted. Uh, and then obviously Graham Mertz, the freshman, coming in uh, as an early role in spring. Do you think this is truly a four-person race right now? Uh, or, or do you think that it's more so in the spring going to be tailored towards the guys who have been on campus and know the offense? I think it's hard to say um... – how many people? I, I I think it's too early to rule anybody out. Is how is how I want to to phrase it. Um, I think Jack Cohn obviously goes in, you know, as the as the front runner. Um, you know, he's got that that in game experience for the Badgers. Uh, you know, playing in games when the the result is still in doubt. Um, you know, not only does that show that you know he was the coaching staff's choice to go do that. Um, last year when the Badgers needed him, but you know having that experience is uh, invaluable. I think going into a uh, a open competition, um, the the way that I'm going to look at it this spring, I think is in, in the spring and then early fall. You know, if if we don't get a ton of clarity in the spring, um, you look at spring as if you're trying to figure out who is going to be ready to be in the real hunt for the job in the fall. So, you know, obviously I think Cohn is in there. I think Vandenboom is in there just because, you know, from, from hearing things around the program, it sounded like the, the gap between the quarterbacks last year was closer between Jack Cohn and Danny Vandenboom than it was between Alex Hornbrook and Jack Cohn. Um, and so I think you have to have Vandenboom in there in the, in the discussion. And in the spring, I think you're really just kind of looking to see if, Chase Wolf and then Graham Mertz have what it takes to, um, you know, show that they are ready to really, uh, you know, give the job a go. I think the the real question for me is um, how has Chase Wolf developed uh, since getting on campus with the team last fall? So remember, he's the one quarterback in the last couple string of quarterbacks that did not enroll early. Um, so he's tech, you know, behind quote unquote a, a semester. Now it's not a bad thing that he didn't enroll early. I think he had some um, good reasons where he wanted to kind of finish out the the, the year with his uh, his friends and his teammates, um, you know, at uh, at uh, high school in Ohio. So you know, it, that's just the situation. So we get to see how he's developed over the last couple months. That's a good thing for him. Um, I don't think it's I, I think it's too early to rule him out. I mean, like the Badgers recruited him, signed him for a reason. I think um, he brings an athleticism to the table that uh, you know gives him a different dynamic than the rest of the guys in the room. And then obviously with Mertz, you know he's um, it's kind of the the most interesting man in uh, Wisconsin spring football this year. Uh, and uh, you know, what what else is there to say? I mean, he's um, He's uh, the, the highest uh, highest recruited, uh, most highly touted quarterback the Badgers have signed in the uh, Rivals.com era. Um, it's got a hell of an arm, uh, and it's going to come down to can he pick up the playbook and you know kind of 
show that he's uh, ready for prime time. You know, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Uh, and we're just going to have to go in, you know, and see what kind of position he can put himself in during these these spring practices. Because I think the spring, the spring is really when you narrow down the competition for the fall. John, uh, I guess in your experience, and, and I'm going to transition here quickly uh, to keep Mertz on here before we talk about other quarterbacks. Uh, how much do you anticipate his ability? Uh, and obviously everyone's different, but realistically, how much do you think he can improve in this spring? And I guess not to put the car to the, in front of the horse, but do you think he can put himself in a position to challenge for the starting job uh, in the fall by what he does in the spring? I'm going to say, um, yes, I think he can. I, I don't know that I'm going to bet on it. Uh, like if you uh, made me pick, uh, but it really, it wouldn't surprise me just because I think he's, he's coming in with quite the athletic tool set and, uh, you know, it's really going to come down to, uh, how much it, how much chemistry can he develop with the, the guys and what kind of familiarity can he bring, um, you know, to, with the playbook by the end of the practices. And it, it also depends on, you know, how many uh, actual reps he gets too. I mean, like it, the division of reps at quarterback between the four of them is going to, you know, um, I think play a large role in, you know, just who gets to be ready for fall camp. With, with the other three quarterbacks and kind of going back to them real quick. I mean, if there's maybe is what are the, if there's one thing out of Jack Cohn, Danny Vandenboom, Chase Wolf, and and just for a fact too, there are there, there'll, there'll be five. If we're expecting five quarterbacks on the spring roster with Nate Carter, the Wanaki walk on, um, but nothing again to disparage against Nate, of course. But with Cohn, Vandenboom, and and Wolf, what's the one thing you want to see out of them this spring uh, to? potentially have them propel to be in that contention for fall camp reps for in then, which would then lead to a potential starting spot against South Florida on August 30th. For, okay. I'll run through him. I'll, I'll run through them real quick. Um, I want to see Cohn. Uh, I want to see his uh, poise in decision-making, um, you know, in as close to live reps as you're going to get um, in spring. Um I want to see how he learned from the games that he was in and if he can get that um, decision-making down and, you know, get to the point where, you know, maybe he could even cut down on some of the turnovers that the Badgers had to deal with when Hornerbrook was under center. Vandenboom, I kind of want to see uh, – I want to see how his athleticism plays into it. I think Chase Wolf was probably more athletic, but Vandenboom was a multi-sport athlete coming out of high school. And I want to see, you know, just how good his arm is. <clears throat> and then Chase Wolf, I want to see, um, I want to see his command of the playbook, um, and then just how much, you know, more his athleticism allows him to do compared to the other guys. One last, uh, I guess, quick question: Gun to your head. Obviously, we're always away. If you had to pick one person, if you had to put money down on one candidate to be starting the game against South Florida. Uh, Week one, who is it uh, and why? I think why? it's Jack Cohn just because of uh, not having seen the other guys at this point. Um, I'll probably reevaluate at the end of spring and then you know maybe again uh, in early fall camp or so uh, after seeing 
seeing the guys. Uh, but at this point, it's Jack Cohen just because of the experience edge I think he has. And our last question for you, it, we'll have this up later tonight, this Thursday evening. Quick prediction for Friday's game for going back to basketball, Wisconsin, number five seed, Oregon, number 12 seed. Already seen a 5-12 quote-unquote upset with Marquette being handed a huge L to uh, John Morant, uh, who we are all not worthy of uh, for seeing that game with a triple-double. But quick prediction, does Wisconsin advance to the round of 32 against either Kansas State or UC Irvine? Uh, I say yes. Um, I do not feel great about it just because I think the Badgers have been just a really hard team to judge in general this season. Um, But I think they have enough to um, get out of this first round. It's so rare for the Badgers to lose in the first round in in the NCAA tournament. I think they have enough to get uh, get it done on Friday. John, man, we'll let you go. I know I apologize for asking you 50 million questions when you're uh, dealing with a cough, man. Uh, we appreciate you as always. Ever. Uh, looking forward to seeing you Monday when Paul Christ will talk with the media uh, in late morning session. I'm sure we'll get all that fun tidbits of roster info, position switches, attrition, or potential additions to the program as well. Uh, thank you again. And uh, anything else you guys got going on at Badger Blitz uh, leading up to spring practices? Uh, I think we've uh, we've kind of finished up all of our previews. They're up on the site for positions and um, John McNamara is going through some um, spring superlatives, guys to watch, things like that. So uh, definitely a place to go check it out before camp starts. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you. Uh, thank you again, good sir. And we will. I'll, I will see you Monday. I will see you then. Thanks for having me. Guys, it's John Veldheis, BadgerBlitz.com. Before we end this podcast, Owen, real quick, tell them where they can find us. You can find us at Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else that you can find podcasts. Uh, we've had a lot of fun doing this, and, and like Jake said earlier in the episode, we've been real busy lately trying to get a lot of content on for you guys uh, during uh, right before spring football and, and the NCAA tournament. So uh, make sure to check us out. Leave a five-star review. Uh, let us know what you like and don't like about the show, uh, and make sure you uh, should subscribe and um you know, like I said, follow us along. We're we're coming along here, and it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely, and it's been a lot of fun, too, just because of what we've been able to do so far. Thank you, guys, by the way, just as some quick numbers and what we've worked with. We had 694 downloads for our episodes yesterday. That's a huge thanks, and we appreciate you guys listening. Give us some reviews. Tell us what we're doing well. Give us some feedback. Tell us what we need to do to get better and to keep you listening to Bucky's fifth podcast. So tune in uh, coming up next week. We'll have some more position previews. I'm sure Owen and I for sure will talk through all the attrition or position changes or even weight changes uh, and whatnot. And what we notice uh, coming up uh, with the addition of, uh, uh, you know, basically with everything that's coming up for spring football 2019. So uh, on behalf of Owen Reese for John Veldheis and make sure you follow him, of course, on, on Twitter at John Veldheis, V-E-L-D-H-U-I-S. And tune in again next week. Probably wrap up some Wisconsin basketball if they take it home or we'll continue on to make it to the Sweet 16. But we guys, we'll talk to you guys later. And you guys have a great week. Pleasant March Madness viewing. Hopefully you have your five TVs up in your room uh, and, you know, and, and enjoying everything that's going on. We'll talk to you guys next week on Bucky's fifth podcast. <laughs>